0: The Conversations on Complexity podcast series. And what we'll try to do in this podcast series is basically address all the various dimensions of uh, complexity as it arises in healthcare. And I think also we can go a little further in our uh, podcast into talking about some of the conceptual and philosophical issues that are uh, entailed with the notion of complexity. So it has to do with issues in the philosophy of science in statistics and measurement, epistemology, also ethics. I think there's a wide range of topics and other uh, dimensions to our work that we would like to highlight One of the interesting things about the Bridgepoint Collaboratory is the absolutely fascinating group of researchers that we work with. So what I'm going to start with is a little bit about uh, how I got into complexity or how complex uh, patients uh, uh, came to become an entity that uh, was worthy of study. So just a little background. Who am I? I've been talking for a while. My name is Ross Upshur. I am the scientific director of the Bridgepoint Collaboratory for Research and Innovation. And the Bridgepoint Collaboratory is situated within the Sinai Health System, uh, which is a new healthcare organization that amalgamated uh, at, between the Mount Sinai Hospital and Bridgepoint Active Healthcare in 2014. Uh, and uh, one of the Elements uh, that was evident was that uh, the Bridgepoint Collaboratory had this focus on research in complex patient populations, so my background is i 'm a medical researcher and a medical doctor by training uh, Before I went into medicine, I w- used to study and teach philosophy. I was a rural family physician for about seven years when I returned to do uh, post uh, graduate training and a medical residency in public health and preventive medicine, then called community medicine and epidemiology. When I finished my residency training, I became an academic family physician at Sunnybrook uh, Health Sciences Centre. And one of the interesting things about Sunnybrook was that, of course, it's a tertiary care academic health science centre, which means a large number of the patients that came to receive their care had fairly uh, interesting or they had health conditions that required specialist care. The other thing was that my primary care practice uh, drew from the Sunnybrook catchment area in North Toronto, which is also uh, one of the oldest demographics in Toronto. So the combination of a patient population with fairly uh, specialized care needs and an aging demographic gave me a patient profile uh, that I was working with that I think is somewhat different from most family practices. And one of the things that I noticed early on was that multimorbidity, that is the co-occurrence of two is the lowest threshold for multimorbidity, but certainly when people have three, four Uh, or five uh, concurrent chronic conditions, the idea of what was optimal care uh, became less and less obvious to me. So with colleagues who you'll meet throughout these uh, podcasts, particularly Sean Tracy and Leslie Nichol and Jason Nee, we started to do research into this phenomenon. Uh, We thought very much that it wasn't clear that the optimal uh, way to treat the patient was to make sure that each p person's individual health condition was managed appropriately because and we wrote a paper on this where we questioned what's good for the disease may not necessarily be good for the patient, and a lot of our discussions and innovations led us to start to think about how we could better uh, manage patients with uh, a constellation of chronic diseases. At the same time, we were aware of a couple of other uh, issues. And part of this came from my background training in public health and uh, preventive medicine. And it's very apparent to people in, who've studied in that domain that the social determinants of health, particularly uh, income security, food security, uh, whether you have uh, access to uh, appropriate shelter, many of the social determinants were modifying the complexity of the management of these multiple chronic conditions. So it's hard enough Uh, for any person to manage the presence of five uh, chronic conditions simultaneously. And that's just thinking about all of the medications and all of the physiotherapy and all of the appointments you need to keep to optimize uh, care for your health. But when you add in other challenges, such as how am I going to pay my bills at the end of the month? Uh, How am I going to ensure that I have uh, adequate and sufficient uh, food? And then you look at the other issues with respect to isolation. Does this person have anybody in their lives that's going to assist them with their care, to help them with transportation issues? We started to see another what we'll call dimension of uh, complexity. And then also it was clear that, issues that relate to mental health, that relate to challenges to cognition, such as mild cognitive impairment, and uh, dementia, substance abuse, uh, significant depression, and other mental health conditions, uh, added to the complexity of managing patients such as this. So when all three of those dimensions that would be issues related to challenges in the social determinants of health issues related to multimorbidity and the management of multiple continue, uh, concurrent chronic conditions and some kind of mental health or cognitive challenge intersect, you have the most complex of complexity in terms of managing uh, patients. So the other thing we noticed in our research is that the healthcare system itself wasn't doing the patients much favor, uh, much doing them any favors. Uh, we call what we have in Canada a healthcare system, but really what we have is a series of services that are poorly coordinated. And the more you require from that system, the less coordinated you see and the more work it is just to manage the coordination of care, notwithstanding what I've already said, that it's implicitly complex. So our colleagues, we decided that we would try a different way in that we needed to be bolder and more innovative in thinking about how we organized and managed care. So we started a clinic we called the Impact Clinic, and it was meant to be an interprofessional approach to managing complex uh, patients, particularly seniors. It was truly interprofessional in the sense that we had uh, representatives from pretty much every allied health uh, care field you could think of. We had a social worker pharmacy, nutritionist, nurse, occupational therapist, physiotherapist, and physicians. And we would concurrently, uh, we would assess the patient as a team, and we would assess the patient with their caregiver, because we recognize that for complex patients, if you're not addressing both the needs of the patient and the caregiver, uh, you're not going to have any success. What we found was that the assessments took a long time. About two and a half hours. What was most humbling to me, because the original clinic were patients that we selected out of our practices, and these were patients that I'd cared for for sometimes up to 15 years, and in this two-hour assessment, we often uncovered 10 to 15 unmet needs critical to the independence of that person living at home. So this taught me some lessons. One, that the way I was practicing in an office, seeing a patient every 10, 15 minutes, uh, was not adequate to the needs. We knew that anyways, but this just really confirmed it for me. Secondly, we learned that interprofessional teams work. And I hope that over the course of these podcasts, we can really build the theme of what it means to deliver interprofessional team Based care, and I hope that we'll be able to bring some of the members of our interprofessional team in uh, to be interviewed to talk about their perspectives on uh, interprofessional team based care. So we learned that teams work. The other thing we learned was that patients really enjoyed that kind of care. One is they didn't feel like they'd been given the bum's rush. If you think of it, the typical appointment is about eight to ten minutes. I used to joke the patient would barely get their papyrus scroll of issues unwound, and the doctor would be saying, well, you know, we'll see you next time, you know, give me one issue to deal with today, and we'll set up 14 appointments for the other problems you've got. Meanwhile, the daughter has come from across Mississauga to pick dad or mom up and pay the extortionate parking fees at the hospital, and they give you the laser death stare when you say you've got to have 14 more uh, visits to fix the problem. Because, of course, by the time you get to the second or third visit, the first problem's unstable. So it just doesn't work. And what we found was patients were able to give voice to all of their concerns. But really, the key thing we learned, and this was, I'm reflecting now on 10 years' experience. We started this process over a decade ago was the importance, the critical importance of the caregiver. And the caregiver is uh, somebody who sometimes is only just slightly less challenged than the nominal patient themselves, or it's uh, usually a son or a daughter who lives in town and has their own family and their own work. They are hanging on, trying their best to keep their family member and loved one as well as possible and living independently. And we had critical insights into what it was like for caregivers. And now, of course, it's recognized that caregivers are utterly indispensable to the care, not just of complex patients, but pretty much anybody with a significant chronic illness. So we learned about teams. We learned that team-based care kept people's skin in the game. And by that, I mean it kept everybody committed to delivering care. So Clinicians found that they could share their moral distress and uncertainty. And well, what does that mean? We like to have this comforting notion that modern science and modern medicine has answers for all questions and that we have effective therapies for uh, all conditions that afflict humans. But that's not true. In fact, As people age and gather more and more morbidities, there's more and more uncertainty about the harms and benefits of the therapies. Uh, We don't like to admit it, because we all like to have a professional image of being certain and in control of our knowledge. But really, in this space that I'm talking about, there's a large amount of uncertainty. Having a group of clinicians working together, they can share that uncertainty, because these are... Comple- patients with complex needs make a lot of clinicians sleepless at night because there's a high degree of unpredictability about outcomes. In fact, there's even unclarity about outcomes, and that'll be one of the themes of a future podcast. So actually were able to measure the effectiveness of the team, and we found that the interprofessional teams that we were able to bring together to provide care had higher than, uh, much higher, statistically significantly higher team performance, which means that they enjoy, and the qualitative work confirmed that clinicians liked working in teams, particularly for the very, very complicated and complex patients. As I mentioned, patients felt cared for, caregivers felt cared for, I heard. And so it's a soft outcome, but it's an important one. Any approach that enables healthcare professionals to manage and provide care for very complicated and complex patients that allows those patients to feel cared for and their caregivers to feel supported is, in my view, an important and significant way to uh, proceed so we did that a few times at Sunnybrook, and then we moved to Bridgepoint, where we'd hope to really scale up our efforts into systematic innovation throughout the health system. To take one, to take up our understanding of complex patients a little bit more, so we barely scratched the surface. So we'll talk at a future one about our framework for complexity, all of the elements that we think go into it. We'll talk about some of the challenges in measuring it, how that measurement will actually link to system performance. Uh, We have a large uh, number of uh, potential studies that uh, we're looking forward to doing that will help us systematically address all of the various dimensions of complex patients. Part of these are system challenges. Part of them are challenges in training healthcare professionals in order to be able to function in this new environment, because as we'll articulate through these podcasts, it's a very different approach to the practice of medicine and healthcare. And then there's the system issues. How is it that we actually build a system that provides wraparound seamless care to people who have uh, significant complex needs? So, That's what the focus of this podcast series is going to be about. Uh, We will have, uh, I hope, some entertaining digressions. If we have very interesting people who come by to visit us, I hope to capture them and interview them about their intellectual history and passions. We'll say probably 90% of the podcast will be about complexity, but we'll have some interesting excursions into uh, medical ethics, medical philosophy and epistemology, and anything else that strikes the fancy of our collaboratory in terms of communicating to the public. We'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas for topics that you want covered, please contact us, and we look forward to uh, probably having a weekly uh, podcast. Thank you.